Hello and welcome to the Optional Podcast, episode number 202 for the week of April 6th, 2020. The Optional Podcast is a show all about the latest in video games and entertainment recorded each week from New York City and bounced around cables and satellites all around the world. And right into your listening device of choice. As always, I'm Paul Tamayo and I'm here with my co-host, Cam Brewster. Hi, folks. Uh, What's going on? I don't know what that was. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, two hundred two. Wow, it's palindrome. I love when we get those uh, those kind of numbers. Oh we'll yeah, in the year twenty twenty, two hundred two, two hundred two, two hundred. Oh man, what's good, man? How's your how's your week? Uh, you know, it's good. Reporting live from quarantine week, whatever it is. I've lost count at this point. Um, <laughs> Uh, slowly, I feel like this is also a really good record of like how I've slowly started to like lose my mind over time. Um, because mm-hmm. this week, man, I've got some weird stuff in the, in the, uh, in the queue of things that I've been consuming. And actually one of those things we were just talking about off the air real quick, but I figured I'd mention it cause it's like neither of our feeling it's this week. Um, yeah. but we were just talking about Tiger King, um, because I came to it a little bit late to the party. My partner had watched it and was like, you should check it out. It's pretty fun. It's pretty weird. Very disturbing. Um, but, yeah. What a weird freaking uh, web of seriously disturbed individuals. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's scary. Just, it's just bizarre that, like, something like that can, like, go under the radar, like, and not be, like... I guess if you weren't living in those towns, you would never know. Right, <laughs> right. Um, so bizarre, man. So much crime and like murder yeah. and amputations. Yeah. It's just wild. Yeah, so for, you know, maybe the few of you who haven't heard of it, it's basically a seven-part documentary series about um, exotic animal owners in the United States and like all of the sketchy things they're involved with and like it kind of revolves around one character in particular, which I'm sure you've seen on Twitter or Instagram by now called Joe Exotic. And, um, this really like very, um, what's the word? Like, uh, he's very flamboyant, outlandish. Yeah. Yeah. Boisterous. Yeah. Yeah. All the issues. Uh, and he, yeah, it's just weird. I wouldn't give away too much about it, but man, if you like, you know, if you want a good, easy to binge seven part documentary series i will warn you however it's pretty violent um yeah it was more violent and there are like very disturbing scenes so content warning there's like you know violence and um a little bit of animal cruelty a lot of bit of animal cruelty actually and um you know just like suicide and stuff like that so it is very very heavy so if that's not your bag i would say avoid at all costs Um, but it is interesting it's super interesting. Um, yeah, I just like, I don't know how this stuff gets made. Apparently, was it made by the same people who did the Fry Fest thing? Oh, was it? I think I read that somewhere. I don't that know makes, how true that is. Don't that quote me on that. Sense. Um, it's also interesting, too, just like from a you know, documentarian standpoint, like there are times where you see the people or at least one of the people who was involved in making the tiger king documentary series and you Mm. see them sort of struggling with like at what point do we do something or do we like say something because there are things that they were like getting on camera and 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 the documentary series does have its problems like we talked a little bit about it before we started recording but it does handle some things pretty irresponsibly and it just like doesn't follow up on them or like you know 
I don't know. Yeah. Try to justify them. Yeah, they just basically set people up and then just like walk the fuck out the room. Yeah. Like, yo, I'm going to light this fire. You guys deal with it. Hey, this uh. motherfucker kills somebody. Uh, <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's like, oh, no proof at all. But yeah, cool. yeah. Some real YouTube fucking conspiracy theory type shit. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, why don't we just get into uh, what we've been playing for the week? Yeah. Um. So Animal Crossing has a new event this started this week. Um, it's like their springtime Easter event. Um, what's it called? It's like Bunny Day or something like that? Yeah, I think like Bunny Day is the thing we're all preparing for, but yeah. Gotcha, okay. So it's like leading up to Bunny Day. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, so basically um, they add a couple of new materials to the world. So like um, they have diff- six different types of eggs that you can collect. So like uh, there's like a ground egg, an air egg, a tree egg. A water egg, um, rock egg, rock egg, and then there's one more. Uh, you said earth egg. I said earth egg. A leaf egg. Leaf egg. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you do like you go about your daily business of like shaking trees and you know chopping wood. Oh, wood eggs. That that was the other one. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, you, you chop wood, dig up your holes, hit the rocks and stuff, and these will pop out to like. To, like so much so that like it, it's kind of annoying i just oh want to catch some regular like fish kind of my regular sh- <laughs> like i'm not having a great time with this event um i don't think the the stuff you can craft yeah so basically once you get enough eggs you you just naturally learn um diy projects um mm-hmm. that you can make so like it'll be like an egg chair or egg table or like an egg outfit whatever and um I guess they're kind of cute, but like they're not like my stees. I don't, I don't know the purpose of it. Like mm-hmm. it's not anything super great that I would like. Um, but they also have um, these little like um, petals that fall fall from the sky that you can catch with your net, and those are really cute. It's yeah. like a cherry blossom petal, and um, <laughs> like you could just run around and catch those. I didn't know you can catch those for. I thought they were just background, like <laughs> uh, like you know ambiance or whatever yeah and then i saw somebody online catch it. i was like no fucking way man <laughs> like i've just they're making all this cool so <laughs> yeah <laughs> seriously so uh yeah i started catching those i pretty much just do that now um because I, I like the the stuff you can make from those um but other than that it's like not great it also introduces a character that's like who i think is a fucking creep i think the the rest of the community does too but it's like this bunny and he like is I guess the main focus of the event. And he's like, Oh, find my eggs. I'm like, all right, I guess so. <laughs> you fucking um, creep. It's so, so creepy. But people have found out that like, he kind of get, he gets out of character. If you yeah. like walk out of frame or whatever, or if you like, he, you don't, he doesn't see you in his like field of view, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, uh, he just like lets out a breath of air like shit man like i don't know how long i keep doing this yeah it'd be funny if he like pulled out a cigarette or something but um he's it's that same energy he's like fuck man i don't want to do this which yeah. leads me to believe that he is a dude in a suit like he's another human oh. the only other human i think so that's fucking dark yeah the only like non-player human or what if so. okay here i'm gonna blow your mind ready yeah, go for it. Everybody's island. All the animals are just clones of each other, right? They just farm out Tom Nooks and T 
Timmy's and Tommy's and neighbors. And um, maybe these people are just literally different human beings in suits, like uh, like oh, Times shit. Square, you know, mascots. Times Square shit. Elmo? Yeah, dude. Oh, no. Yeah, man. It's horrible. <laughs> Because I, like I mean, that. Japan loves mascots, so they do tracks. They'd be killing the mascot game. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, how are you feeling about the event? This is the first event, right? Yeah. Um, okay. I'm not crazy about it. At first, I was like, "Ooh, something to do." And then over time, it was like, "I'm just trying to catch some fucking fish, man. Stop giving me catch eggs." Um. So it is sort of starting to get on my nerves, but it does give me something to do. I know there are people who are like, you know vehemently against it but or whatever but like i'm not that passionate about not liking it i do however like you said really love the cherry blossoms that are like in bloom right now and um catching those i think those recipes are like really worth going for i think um i think it's fine i don't really like necessarily hate it too much although it does sort of get really annoying when you like hit a rock eight times and you get like seven eggs it's like (laughs) Um, so it, that can get really grating over time, but I've been yeah. having a really, really good time with Animal Crossing, man. Like I, I've been discovering new ways to like best utilize like the layout of my island, and I've been adding things little by little. Like I just added like in the last two or three days, like a different bridge and um, incline to get to my house that have that has made life so much easier for me and. Um, also just like visiting other people's islands like my friends even this morning we um shout out to chase let me drop a flex bomb for chase um he was nice enough to uh open his gates so we could come by and like buy some turnips and um his island was amazing (laughs) he's got like a neighborhood of like residential area and then he's got like little pathways and stuff and like i've been seeing a lot of stuff online that has been really inspiring but i've been having a really wonderful time with it i got to spent some time yesterday playing with my brother and like teaching him stuff and we came by and like gave him a bunch of things a really good friend of mine uh monty shout out to monty um he had also gotten the game uh, over the weekend finally and uh we all were like open your gates and we all came by with like <laughs> money and gifts and like just like materials for him to use like at one point um we all just came through and we were just like dropping stuff around his tent and we'd be like, all right, what else do you need? He's like, actually I need more hardwood. And then we'd like, you'd see like five people just split off in different directions and like, (laughs) you know, just start like using stone axes on his trees and stuff. And uh, yeah, I gave him like 10 G's and like a a toaster and some other, I forgot what I got him, like some furniture and appliances, but I was like, here, just take it, man. Like, you know, I was like joking that you and the wife, you know, have a good (laughs) time with this. (laughs) And our good buddy Stan was like, um because i was joking that it felt very like mafia like like i was like yeah you know you you and your wife have a good time you know start your life off and then then stan was like there will come a day however where uh, (laughs) so need to collect yeah uh, yeah i'm gonna ask you for a favor um so so excuse the door slams in the background but um yeah no it's been um it's been really cool man like it's been a lot of fun showing the ropes Mm -hmm. to new players and also just like finding a new way to keep in touch with folks just even like sending each other gifts and letters like via like the mail system like shout out to natalie hooking me up with a kk slider jam that it's really really good um but i got yeah, so man. many i buy them every time i love yeah. those, those songs are great yeah 
there's a one I picked up like yesterday and I just got it today. So it was like called KK Slider like House or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's really fucking sweet. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been me too. Like I've been having a great time with this. Like this week is probably the least amount of time I've played. Like I missed like two days and I had to like reset my my Nook Mile like bonus thing. I was, like it hurt. It hurt me like deeply i was like fuck man i feel like i failed everybody in town yeah like today i opened it up and like uh one of my residents uh one of my uh people on the island there uh her name is bertha Mm -hmm. and uh she's dope she's a hippopotamus um she's like not like with the shits at all like she's (laughs) all like she's very like whatever about everything she's like probably one of my favorite ones that i had nice um She's like the most like, ah, I mean, I'm here. Like you asked me to be here, you know, like, uh, but she was sick. Oh no. Like in the house, like with the flu. And I was like, damn man, homegirl got the Roni. And like, I don't know what to do. So I bought her some medicine and she's feeling better now. Nice. So like, I'm going to check in later tonight, bring her some clothes or something. Oh, um, did you board up yeah. the door? <laughs> she was locked in there. She was like, don't come in. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, it was, it's, uh, really 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 fun 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 game yeah um, i finally got my like second room well third room i guess yes yeah, I, I have three rooms um and i'm like making it into a kitchen no a, a bathroom slash like laundry room Ooh. um so i have like a bedroom a living room and like a bathroom laundry room <laughs> situation yeah i don't know it's just really dope to like imagine having three rooms Wow. What's that like? I don't a know. I have three rooms. Yeah. Yeah, in a backyard. And like taking care of my plants and breeding different types of plants and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I've also been um I, I like I just got my third room. I'm like lagging behind on the, the house front because I spent like a large chunk of my week just moving buildings around because I like yeah. I was like, you know what, I don't like this layout. I'm gonna work on this layout a bit more. And I was like moving so I had to move two people. And that took like two days. Then I had to move Nook's Cranny and then um, Able Sisters and then build a bridge and stairs. So like that was like my whole week, basically. And um, yeah, I've been finding it like we wrote a piece on on the site at Kotaku about like how we've all been reacting to the game since having started playing it. And some of us are like a little lukewarm. Some of us are really hot on it. And some of us are just like, you know, just one or two folks who, you know, you know, God's working on all of us, so they don't like it. But um, but but for me, it was like I uh, I am starting to look more and more at this game like a bonsai tree. Like you just kind of really, um, you know, you're clipping the the leaves and you're like kind of making sure it's all pretty and you're just kind of like catering to whatever you know desires you have of like urban planning, but also just like what you would want your house to look like and say about you because doing it in real life costs a shit ton of money. I mean, I know that in real life and and I'm sure most young adults do, but like you said, right, it's like having the millennial fantasy of like having space and rooms in the backyard and like neighbors who don't slam the fucking door when you're recording a podcast. Um, (laughs) So it's been, it's been nice, man. It's like, it's very cathartic and, and extremely therapeutic. So it's like, I am, I think, over 150 hours at this point, and I'm, like, 
showing no signs of stopping. Again, I feel like I'm just getting started. Um, That's dope, man. Yeah, it, it definitely does feel like a forever game. And um, I just put like a campsite in the middle of my island that's like supposed to attract folks. So they'll come and visit and then, they, you know, I can go ahead and invite them to move in. Yeah. So at the current, uh, as of this recording, I only have like, well, I have 11 people total, including myself. So, um, oh, work. yeah, so I got Leopold, the, uh, the lion, um, which is actually like, I kind of needed to invite him after watching Tiger King. I was like, look, man, I need you to come <laughs> hey, live here safely. It's dangerous out there, yeah. <laughs> Someone might try to trap you and under the uh, auspicious uh, or like for the fake-ass reason of like conservation and trying to save you. So I was like, you got to just come here, live here, man. I'll take care of I'll come take care of you. Um, but uh, And then I'm like, how come they get to say the N-word and I don't get to say the N-word? I can't say it. It's stomping on my rats. Is oh that reverse God. racism? I'm just on on the top of like a, a F-150 with a guitar and a fucking... <laughs> um, yeah, no, so I've been having such a good time with this game, man. Like, it's just like, it really is a godsend in so many ways. And I'm, I'm so glad that we have our Animal, uh, Animal Crossing Discord channel going because like, I really do want to step up and like um, try to organize things a little bit more efficiently. And, and we had sort of kicked the ball around about making like a spreadsheet to better organize what the turnip prices are. Cause like that's, that's actually been one of my favorite parts of this game so far is, I mean, beyond all of like the solitary stuff of like, you know, spending time to grind and, and, you know, work on things. Like I just made a new tree grove and I just made like, I redesigned my backyard and, um, all this other stuff. But, getting together with friends and like being like, Oh, what's in your shop? Or like even my partner being like, Oh, what kind of clothes do you have today? Or what, what are your limited items? Like, can you order right. me a copy and then just mail it to me? Um, that's been a ton of fun to do because it's like, once you open up the pool to like your friends and like different social circles who are also playing the game, um, it really makes the game something entirely different. Like it's, totally possible to play this on your own never go online and like have a really good time with it but when i hop in the discord and i'm like all right what are turnip prices and then we find out and then you know we fly to chase's island and we buy them up real quick um that's fun too it's like a it's a fun way to socialize like just to just you know min max together (laughs) like you share the resources and the uh the wealth in a lot of ways so it's a it's been, man, it's been an experience and I'm so grateful for this game right now. And like, I'm so glad people are really, really getting into it. And yeah, if, if you're listening to this and you haven't joined our Discord, my God, please join the Discord. I made um, 300,000 bells uh, in one go from planting uh, 99 grand. Ooh. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. You could lose it, though. There's a there's a big chance you can lose it, but wait, how? Apparently, so uh, apparently it doesn't necessarily grow every time. Like it doesn't oh. trip. It doesn't triple. It's not guaranteed triple. Um, so I've had a couple of failed trees, but I've had like two trees that like gave me the max amount, which was really dope. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. I've been like I'm gonna keep doing that. Yeah, I've also been getting back into. Um like tarantula islands and um oh, now yeah, that's that, the way to go yeah now that i think it's like a i guess technically a new month there's like a new bug called the uh atlas moth that if you go to a typical island like the idea that my partner actually told me today is like 
you know, you've seen videos and tweets, threads at this point about it, about how to like get the flat island with no water on it, like no um, waterfalls or ponds or whatever, or rivers. And you just like pick all the flowers, um, uproot all the trees, cover up the holes, and like remove all the rocks. You have to make it as flat basically as possible, like void of any other things that bugs can pop off of. So it increases like the spawn rate of tarantulas. And if you do that, you'll walk away. If you catch them, you know, efficiently, you'll walk away with like a really good payout because those go for eight G's each. Um, It's it's incredible. And then you can get um, one and a half times that if you sell them to a homeboy yeah, uh, the emo frick. dude. Yeah, Frick, which is he's he's the best man. Yeah, um, yeah. He made me a bee statue the other day. I was like, what? Yeah, I made fire. a wasp uh, statue because um, he he makes art on the side because he's a good he's a good dude. Yeah, man. Look, everybody's got a, ho- a side hustle. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so if you do that too, and then you go on like the beaches where the palm trees are, uh, if you just you know make a couple laps, you'll find the atlas moths like on the trees themselves, and those go for three G's each. So like. Even if you're having like a bad night, like I was the other night trying to get tarantulas, you'll still find the Atlas moths and you can just grab them and sell them for three G's each. And if you get like, you know, five of them, that's 15 grand. So, um, yeah, man, it's uh, it's real good. There's a lot of really cool ways to min-max the game. And like, that's kind of what I don't love about Animal Crossing, if I'm being quite honest. But if you just sort of like share the resources and tips with your friends and your own sort of social networks, it can really become an entirely different experience that's like in my opinion a little more fun to play than just like i don't know just kind of keeping to yourself which is also yeah. a completely valid way to play um <laughs> yeah but oh but you started playing resident evil yeah um i started um this morning uh like i woke up early i downloaded last night and i was like all right i'll, I'll guess i'll buy it uh, not that i wasn't going to but uh yeah so I started this morning, and I was like, should I play on standard or hardcore? Or like, what, do, what am I in the mood for? So I was like, fuck, let me do hardcore, because hardcore in um, Resident Evil 2 Remake wasn't so bad. Like, it just made the zombies a little have a little bit more health, and they're a little bit quicker. But other than that, it's, it's not too bad. So I did that, and I feel like I made a mistake, because this game <laughs> is ridiculous. Like, like uh, Nemesis... Um, who's like this tyrant that like chases you around nonstop, and he like chases you around. It's not like Mister X where he like walks at a leisurely pace. Like, yeah, this motherfucker jumps and leaps and punches you, and it's annoying. Um, so like on hardcore, if you take like one hit, one good hit, or if you if he grabs you specifically, uh, it's a wrap for you. Like you gotta reload or continue. Um, so that's been kind of frustrating. Mm. Um, other than that, I'm having a pretty good time with it. Um, I'm playing on Xbox One X, um, and it looks really gorgeous. Like, this game yeah. is blowing my mind sometimes. I just look around sometimes, I'm like, ooh, look at these Dude. textures, man. Like, it's sometimes, incredible. Sometimes the way you're like, if you're looking, like if you're aiming down sights at a zombie, and like the light's hitting them a certain way, like, it's frightening. Yeah, it looks yeah. like real. Like it, it's 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 incredible. Um, and I'm enjoying like the little um, like this game is adding a little bit more context to Resident Evil Two Remake, which is kind of mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, um, which I'm like enjoying a lot. 
like it feels like just um like a dlc almost yeah um yeah like it's not really doing anything like to further the the genre or anything like that like it's not i don't know yeah i don't i don't think they did enough in this one to well at least what i'm seeing so far like i've just passed the first um big boss fight um in the game uh i don't think they're doing enough to like actually like make it any different like add anything new it's just like a straight up kind of like remake but it doesn't quite work as well because it's an over the person over the shoulder shooter and nemesis is chasing you most of the time mm. and you can't see what he's about to do so a lot of times you just get punched in the back of your head <laughs> and you're like all right well i didn't even know he was next to me like you know like yeah it's hard to gauge what's going on so you end up like running with the camera behind you which I don't think it was intended to be played like that. Um, like in the original, like it's kind of the over the top view. Yeah. And, you know, that makes a lot more sense because you can see like what's actually happening when the dodge, what you need to do, you know, like what zombies are going to be in front of you. But like here, you just got to like run full steam ahead and just tap the, the R1 button, you know, when you uh, yeah think you're about to get punched. So that hasn't been the greatest for me. Like it's, it's taken a lot of getting used to. But um, I think overall, like I'm having, I'm having a pretty good time with it. Um, it's like the the gunplay is really good, and uh, the I, like I said, the the context, like the little uh, memos you can pick up and stuff. Like I'm really enjoying that. I thought they were gonna do something really cool because this game opens up, it, like spoiler, like kind of opens up with a, like a first person kind of situation. Mm. I was like, oh, th- th- did they pull one over my, you know, <laughs> over every on everybody? So like. But they they didn't really do that. Uh, I thought that would have been kind of cool to have like a section with like a first person situation. Yeah, I I think that's like one of the main pain points for me with Resident Evil 3 and even 2 to an extent is like there. I really like the over the shoulder perspective. I I think it like works really well. I just think that they're still having a hard time trying to nail down. um, I think, you know, part of that is because it's rooted into this game that already exists and they're just replicating that experience to an extent and they're obviously changing things and adding new mechanics and new story beats or whatever the case may be but yeah like some of the boss fights even for me playing it on normal um were kind of boring like once you figure out what the solution is it really is just like run around like you said dodge at the right time hope that you're like you've guessed whatever move he's (laughs) about to do behind you um and then also just like you know aiming like like planting your feet aiming and then shooting whatever the gun you're using and that can be like that can be really cool like they, they do things to kind of slow things down like you know there's a fight later on i think a little further past where you are now where like i think was kind of one of the better um boss fights but they do still feel like little tiny arenas that don't feel that exciting like the rooftop one like you said was also another one or just kind of feels like i wonder i don't know i think that's kind of one of the main points i had earlier on in this game like for the first quarter or even like third of this game was like trying to strike that balance between a really nice action game and horror game and i think that like this kind of has its feet in both and it does the horror thing much better in my opinion than it than the action stuff so it feels like if you're going to make an action game like 
fucking make an action game. Like, yeah, make, make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Make me like, you know, fucking Solid Snake or whatever. Or make me like, um, make it like, not DMC level, obviously, but like, you know, there are still times where I'm like running towards a wall and then I hit down B or down circle. Yeah. And I'm like to turn around and that still feels clunky to me. And like, I know that's part of the experience of like it feeling sort of, um, yeah, scary the, like to to try to figure it out in the moment in the heat of the moment but um yeah i don't know like i personally speaking am and i know that like for everyone that i've been like talking to it's funny like four people um have told me like yeah resident evil is resident evil 3 is my favorite one but 2 is the more popular one like that's the one everybody loves but it's funny because like everybody's telling me that re3 is their favorite and they're telling me that like oh yeah yeah but it's like the it's like the uh you know the um the cult classic one the one that like people you know like not as many people love but i feel like i don't know so far anecdotally speaking at least i feel like everyone's fucking telling me it's their favorite one but (laughs) i feel like i'm definitely more in the camp of like the re2 more slowed down methodical like even mr x style pacing where it's like yeah like you said right it's like it's not this sprint to to safety while he's chasing you with like a missile launcher behind you like once it really starts to jump the shark like that i'm like okay maybe this is kind of where this is where i leave you yeah <laughs> like, it it like yeah like you said it there's like these segments where it's just like why i don't, I don't understand like what the hell I'm supposed to be fucking doing at this point? Because like the game will literally put like an item in your face when you're like in these chase segments, right? Like there's literally like segments where you're just like escape, like this is run from Mr. X, right? And I'm not Mr. X, uh, Nemesis. And it'll put like a, a item where if you go for that item, you're going to get punched. So it's like, don't even go for the item. Like, especially on hardcore is like, don't even, try to get the thing that's going to help you, you know, don't go for the grenade or whatever it is. Cause you're going to get punched. There's a very slim chance, unless you want to play the segment like a hundred times and get it just right. Like, I don't think that's the best way to play these games. Yeah. Um, like it, it just didn't seem like it was optimized correctly. Um, like even like um, I got to the sewer section and I was like, Oh dope. Like I love the sewers in RE2. I thought that was really cool to expand that in the game. Like, um like even though it's like a you know kind of grim and like dark area i think they're like the puzzle aspects in that um in re2 were really dope like the backtracking and stuff that you had to do um and figure out the best ways to go through i thought that was really cool but in here it's like a small segment and Mm -hmm. the enemies are just so stupid and easy to kill and like i don't know it's like (laughs) they make you fight one of them and you like oh this is gonna be tough and then the net like when you go around the corner you get the grenade launcher and you can just kill him like in one hit pretty much yeah it's like one hit and then like a follow-up shotgun shot and you're you're fine like it's i don't know man like that that stuff kind of like takes me out of him like well why not just make me you know suffer through this part like make it a grueling part because there's nothing else for me to do here like i don't know it just felt like empty like it feels like a lot of empty spots like and like you said it's like mostly like arena things so yeah that are not that interesting but that all said like i am enjoying it like i'm enjoying um 
you know, just running through and, and playing more of these games. Um, I just want to see how I land on my first playthrough. Um, but yeah, I just got up to the part where you're talking about with the rocket launcher <laughs> uh, yeah. after that big fight. And I was like, okay, yeah. I, I think, uh, I think I'm going to put it down for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the, um, like I said, I think like the first third of the game is kind of rough in my opinion. I think it like, I think it's partially because it feels a lot like RE2 because of the setting. Um, but then once it sort of, once that pacing sinks in and it, you just kind of let it, you just understand that this whole thing's going to be one big action movie, then I think mm-hmm. it's a little easier to process. But um, I think it does get better. I think it kind of comes around a little bit, um, even if, you know, I didn't really love how certain things were resolved, but I, I ultimately had a pretty decent time with it. I like I had fun with it, um, especially just because it's like, it's kind of scratching an inch right now that I didn't realize I had. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I guess, you know, counterpart to that is uh, Resident Evil Resistance, which I believe you get for free, right? If you get RE3? Yeah, I think it's like a the multiplayer part of this game, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's, is it in the menus or is it a separate thing? No, it's like a separate thing you have to download. Like at least that's how it is on PS4 Pro. Um, but so for those who don't know, Resident Evil Resistance is an asymmetrical um, multiplayer game, meaning one person plays as what's known as the mastermind and um, they just take control of surveillance cameras in different rooms and plant traps, you know, spawn zombies, mini bosses, it could take control of like bigger bosses for like an ultimate effect style um, deployable thing. And then, um, they're playing against four survivors. So um, you basically have to go from room to room, section to section, solving puzzles, shooting zombies, collecting resources, doing what you normally do in a Resident Evil game, but like in a more cooperative experience. And I did a video with Heather explaining like how it worked. And then we got into a couple matches and um, it's, it's interesting, man. I actually like a part of me really, really likes what they're trying to do here. Like, it's been a while since we've had this kind of game. We talked about it last week a little bit, but, um, you know, that, I forget what that other game, oh, Evolve. Is that what it was called? Yeah, Evolve. So, yeah, Evolve, and then there was a game that came out very recently that was very Left 4 Dead-ish about, like, aliens. There's, like, World War Z, and there's, like, there's been a bunch of um, pretty decent attempts at trying to replicate that Left 4 Dead formula, which, in my opinion, is, like, perfect. Um, But... This tries to do the same, and everyone has that sort of over-the-shoulder third-person perspective, and they all have, like, it's all class-based, so I think you have six characters to choose from, and each one has, like, a specialization, so one person is, like, more health-focused, another person's, like, more of a tank, they can, like, brawl, there's another person who's, like, a hacker, who's my preferred character, so, like, you know, there's sort of an Overwatch, Rainbow Six-ish style of play here where you can really level up a specific class or two that you're really good at if you want to like fill in a particular meta if that ever evolves from this game but i do think that like was that you ever played um outbreak um was that the ps2 one yeah it was on ps2 no i didn't play that one because it seems like because they did have like every character was like a different kind of class it seems like that's the the same thing they're like pulling from there Oh, cool, cool, cool. Sorry, I didn't um, know you I just... No, that's cool. I, I, don't, I didn't play that one. I don't know how that... Um, I don't know how it handled stuff, but um, for me, like, each character having 
like an R1 ability. So if like the hacker, who is pretty much the only one I've played, she can hack cameras, um, which can be really helpful because the mastermind, that's how he sees everything or he or she or they see everything. And then um, they can also like, you know, convert cameras to machine guns. So it's really helpful to like get you out of a bind. Um, and then they have like an ultimate, like an L1 R1 that they can sort of deploy. Hers is like a very somber like EMP blast. That's why I kind of related it to like Rainbow Six or Overwatch because it feels like an ultimate that's on a cooldown that you develop over time by doing things. And then there are one that's like just on a regular cooldown. Um, and it does feel like, okay, we got a tank, we got this, we got that. It just feels like, um, it feels cool in that sense, but the puzzles are so simple. At least the few that I played. It's like gather the four keys or it's right. like, um, you know, it's it's pretty much just that it's like find the four computer terminals get the key cards and you're like running around while they spawn things and like depending on what characters they choose on their end like they're all within the resident evil lore so like i think the first one you have access to is like the doctor from re2 spoiler who like um i think her husband is the one that like becomes i forget what they're called i forget all the stupid names are for resident Uh, evil monsters and stuff um is g1 birkin yeah, G1 Birkin. Yeah. So you can control him as her, like, or as the mastermind's ultimate ability. And you can just, like, wander around as them, just, like, find somebody and, like, crush their heads. Like, it's really cool. It's kind of like the tank, you know, in Left 4 Dead, if you're familiar with that. And there are moments where, like, you know, the cooperation and stuff, like, is firing on all cylinders and you're, like, picking somebody up while another character behind me is, like, killing the zombies around us, providing cover. Um, so it feels really cool at times, but it's still very, very clunky and very, very like messy in a lot of ways. That's still kind of interesting. Like, I don't think that necessarily like, I don't, I wouldn't write it off, um, immediately, but I could see a world in which this becomes popular over time in the way that Mm -hmm. like, um, dead by daylight or Friday the 13th became popular. Like I think those audiences are who they're trying to grab. And I feel like resident evil appears to be like, the perfect use case uh, or like setting for this kind of game. And I do wish though that um, certain things didn't feel too lopsided. Cause there are times where like the mastermind has like way too much control and like way too much power. And, you know, it really does require a specific level of coordination within your team. And like, you have to be on comms together. So I think if like, people find the right communities and the discords and subreddits and like you know maybe the developers they continue to support it and like communicate with their audience which i hope is the case i could see this becoming like a thing six to eight months down the road that like gets in way better shape and really rewards the folks who are like really trying to basically play test it but i did text you today like yeah i don't know if i'm in the mood to like early access style play test a game as it continues to evolve over time like i'll check back in on this in another like six months and see where it's at but i think if you're missing that kind of game like if you really liked dead by daylight and stuff like that i think you know there are probably some things that you might not love because it might not be one-to-one but that same sort of multiplayer back and forth could still scratch an itch you might have at the moment and i don't know man like a part of me actually wants to see this succeed um because like it would be cool to see a return to this kind of game and you know not that this is the first one to do it i had mentioned a couple other ones at the top of this i don't know segment but um 
I don't know, man. I think it's a really cool idea, and I, and I want to see uh, developers take chances, or at least publishers, whatever, like take chances with their with these sort of series. Like, I want to see. Um, I don't know. Not that I want to see like a hero shooter from the developers of like, I don't know, whatever, pick your favorite franchise, but um, it is a cool idea. I, I, I do commend it and I, I do at least respect that they're sort of basically giving it away as like a side piece with RE3 yeah. um, because I do think that's like kind of who they should be marketing it towards. But I do also, I guess I should warn you that it does come with like, loot boxes and there are things you can buy to like basically speed up speed up your experience and like the experience you gain over time so you could basically just like pump money into this get real nasty at it and then just be like super overpowered at least from what i could tell but um yeah so i do think that like with the caveat of like you know that being a thing if you're playing it solo but if you have like four additional friends who will play alongside you and maybe take turns playing at the mastermind or whatever like we used to do like when we were playing left for dead um i think you'll have a good time with it i think you'll find a like a a pretty satisfying multiplayer experience but um i think your mileage will definitely vary on this one but it's cool it's a cool idea I, i i respect what they're trying to do at least um but uh yeah in addition to Resident Evil Resistance, I've also been actually, uh, I picked up Ring Fit again. And I've hey. done it only three times this week. But, you know, that's three times more than I would have uh, previously. And what's interesting, and I'll get into this a little later too, into the questions segment. But um, I'm sort like getting better at it. And I also realized I had to like recalibrate the leg Joy-Con because I had like not done it right apparently beforehand. And I was like fucking sweating trying to jog and my character was like barely moving. And I guess when I originally like calibrated it, it was probably too high up on my leg. So it wasn't really registering the movement. So I like put it closer to my knee, like the graphics say, and then um, I recalibrated it and I'm having a much better time now. Like it's actually like moving when I move and like, you know, so some small issues aside, um, I picked that back up, got into the swing of it, and um, man, it, it really does make a difference. Like at the start of my day, like it's just like super nice to have this thing in rotation as like a thing in the morning as a part of my routine that I'm looking forward to. So it's got me feeling better. It's got me feeling like less guilty about not going out or like not exercising because like now I have no excuse. Like I'm trapped at home, so I have to do this kind of stuff. But um, yeah, uh, in addition to that, my last game that I've been playing this week is um, Doom Eternal. So I played a little bit this morning. I'm still about like halfway through, but today I made the decision to like bump it down to the easiest difficulty because um, I was still having trouble with it. I was still having trouble like dying a little too easily. Like I think I'm having the realization now that like, I think think I've also said it previously on the show, but it's like, I really prefer the more methodical, like take cover, pick your shots, crouch when you need to type of shooters than the frenetic, always dashing, double jumping, you know, um, constantly switching between melee and chainsaw attacks. I think now I'm starting to hit the point in Doom Eternal where I feel like it's like doing too much. Um, (laughs) It's like before it felt like kind of cool. And like, I think the way the game is laid out and structured, it makes you struggle at first to learn the fundamentals. And then it starts to reward you with more things to kill with and 
as a result, it sort of becomes easier because, you know, quote unquote easier because the things that you were struggling with at first with the fundamental stuff just becomes ingrained and becomes instinctual. And then you're like, you have the time and the mental space to like decide which enemies to use secondary fire on or which ones to chainsaw or which mm. ones to melee and which ones to like, you know, because there's like, so there's like different types of grenades that you can launch there are it's a flamethrower you can use that if people go on fire and you shoot them they'll drop armor there is the melee attack which you can punch and then you can also use as a glory kill if they're glowing there's the chainsaw attack assuming you have enough gasoline you can instead of glory killing them you can chainsaw them with the chainsaw and then get a bunch of like goodies that pop out of them like a pinata then there's your main fire like your primary fire which on, on every gun can be different and will oftentimes do different things for different enemies. There's a secondary fire, which can also be swapped out as an additional attachment. So if you have like two of them, you can switch back and forth between the two. And then in addition to that, there's like uh, different currency to level up, you know, the kind of uh, buffs you get throughout the game. So like glory kills get faster, enemies get stunned for longer. There's things to for your suit that you can upgrade over time. There are weapon upgrades. So like... It really starts to feel overwhelming and it's tough because I realize in the middle of a fight when I'm scrambling to figure out what to do, I'm only using like half of my arsenal and that's fine because like the game is flexible enough that like you can sort of kind of get by with doing, not doing, not having to do everything. But obviously like the more you do, the more you jump around, the more things you flip back and forth between from, the more effective you'll be. But I'm slowly realizing that like, I don't know that I like these. Well, I like them, but I don't know that I love these kinds of games. And I didn't really grow up with, you know, playing Doom on PC or playing Quake on PC and stuff like that. I dabbled with it once in a blue on like N64 or like, I don't know, maybe similar games on PS2 or PS3 or Xbox 360. But I never really played like, serious sam and those kinds of games so like this stuff really isn't my thing but i also like i'm still having fun with it but there came a point where like i hit a wall and i was like all right i'm pumping this on easy like whatever the easy equivalent is and it's still difficult i'm still like getting hurt and like on the verge of dying because i'm like not doing the the right jackie thing oh jackie thing jackie chan thing in the (laughs) moment jackie thang (laughs) That's the name of this episode. Um, But, um, you know, I'm not grabbing the shopping cart or I'm not opening the freezer door at the right time for my rumble in the Bronx stands out there. Um, So, like, that can feel kind of frustrating when I'm not, like, you know, I just don't have that skill set built in. And, like, slowly learning it over time, I'm getting better at it over, you know, over long stretches of time. But, um, yeah, I'm realizing that, like, for this one, I just want to make it... Easy breezy, beautiful. I just don't want to have to really think too much about it. Just kind of want to dash around and like have a good time with it. Because I remember thinking the same thing about like Jedi Fallen Order, where I was like, this game, like, I understand people who love Sekiro, Dark Souls, um, you know, uh, pick your poison, right? Like, yeah, like things that are like difficult. And that's the point. The point is to like really master these hard things to do right like it really does feel like trying to play a really difficult um musical piece so where it's like you have to nail every um 
you know, you have to nail every like rest and like there, there's, there can be no mistakes made. And like, I appreciate that too. I kind of like, I can really get into those kinds of games from time to time. But for the most part, I think I like really, really prefer um, games that like allow you to solve things on your own, like at your own pace. And Doom does that to an extent, but it also ultimately in the end, is just like, you know, there are like platforming sections that I don't find particularly like fun. Like I think they're kind of like annoying at times where I'm like, Oh, okay. Now I have to play Mario in first person, which is like <laughs> not the most fun thing in my right, opinion. You're just looking down the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, trying to like hit, here's the other thing too. My other caveat, this is a very like particular Paul thing. And I'm, I don't think this is like more of a larger problem, but like, I think I'm slowly realizing, especially with faster paced games, I might even just plug in my controller at this point because I really don't like um, playing with a mouse and keyboard. Like I I understand for like, you know, a lot of the enthusiasts and like the the purists, purists out there, they like prefer the, you know, the, just the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the accuracy of a mouse and like the flexibility of a keyboard. And, and for me, like in a game like battlefield, it like feels great. Cause it's like, everyone's slower. You can take cover. You can like hit the ground, you know, you can like take a breath. But when it comes to games like apex legends, for example, like on PC, I play that game with my controller because like I grew up playing console games and that's just like for some people, especially like gamers with a capital G, they'll be like, <laughs> I don't understand. That's just wild. Like what's wrong with you? And I'm just like, look, man, I will wash you with a controller. Like, like don't think you're fucking ninja or whatever, just because you play with a mouse and keyboard, I will still smack you. Right. You still uh, suck. It doesn't. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're still trash. And if I have my like scuff controller, I'm going to wash you, bro. Cause I have like my back paddle, you know, like there are advantages, there are pros and cons to each, but I also feel like, I don't know. I I don't necessarily buy, Yeah, so I think I might switch to controller, but I wish I would have done it sooner because, like, I think if I... Part of the problem for me is, like, if I have it in a form factor, like a controller, for example, that I'm more familiar with, I would have a better time overall because, like, remembering what buttons or what paddles are being used for what is more intuitive to me than, like, remembering what Q does or what E does or, like, what my G key does or, like, my side mouse key, like... And that certainly helps to customize that kind of stuff. But I feel like for these really frenetic, fast-paced things, it sounds really counterintuitive. But I think I'm just better with the controller. Like I might not be as like I might not be able to like whip pan the camera back and forth as quickly. But which in a game like Doom is kind of crucial. Um, I don't know. I just also am like struggling with my own personal play style preferences, and I do think that like maybe I am not just like a first person shooter PC person. And I think that's like fine. Like, I think that's like totally understandable. And like, I mean, it's the, it's the way I play call of duty. Like it's, I, I plug it, I plug my Xbox one controller or now with my scuff vantage too. And I'm like, you know, playing with that better because it's like, it just makes more sense to me. It's just more comfortable. So like, right. I, I'm like slowly maturing <laughs> over time because I used to like, and and I know there are even some people that might even be listening to this that could probably relate, but there's always that like weird voice in my head, that like gamer voice sponsored by fucking Razor or whatever in my head. That's like, (laughs) it's like, will you play with a controller, bro? 
<laughs> weak, weak souls. Yeah, and I'm just like, I don't Listen know. At this point, like, dubbed. <laughs> yeah, like, just miss me with that gamer shit. Like, I, don't, I really don't give a shit about any of that. Like, I'm never gonna be pro. Neither are you, buddy. Um, right. So it's like, I don't know. At this point, just living my life the way I want to live it is uh turns out pretty good thing. Well, I'm glad you're sticking with um, Doom, though. Yeah, yeah. It's it's good, man. It's fun. I'm still having fun despite all the like weird me finding myself bullshit. But um, that's where's that? Yeah, yeah. Word, word. All right, cool. So jumping into news for the week, our first story: sources, despite huge sales, Borderlands Three developers are getting stiffed on bonuses. This is taken from Kotaku. Yeah, this is such a bummer, bro. So, ooh, excuse me. Got that Yerba, that Yerba's hitting. Um, The video game Borderlands 3 was a big sales success when it launched last fall, according to its publisher 2K, which described it as a billion-dollar global brand. That's why it was shocking to employees at Gearbox, that developer of the game, when the studio CEO Randy Pitchford told them yesterday that they would not receive the significant royalty bonuses they expected. Employees at the studio... Actually, I gotta drop one of these for that. Uh? (laughs) Employees at the studio... We'll get small bonus checks, but nothing close to the tens or or of thousands or even hundreds of thousands that many had expected. This account is based on conversations with six people close to Gearbox, all speaking anonymously because they were not authorized to talk about what happened. Some said it was crushing news that has upended their financial plans for the future. So I'm not going to read the whole story for everybody. It's on Kotaku if you want to read it. But um, man, this is such... A huge bummer to um, the employees at Gearbox. I would imagine, like, like there, there was like, there's a part in the story that said, like, I think after working on like Borderlands Two or one of their previous games, that was like a smash hit. Some of them just like bought houses and shit after that game came out with the bonuses. So, you know, and that obviously keeps people working around the clock and working really hard in these games. And then when you finally get to the finish line. They're like, oh, by the way, that you know that prize money that you were expecting, um, it's not going to be as much. It's going to be this much instead. Like that is such a devastating thing to happen, and um, you know there have even been people speaking out, you know, against the decisions that are being made, and I'm, yeah. I'm sure a lot of it also is coming at the heels of all this COVID nineteen um, stuff because it's obviously taking a huge economic hit. Um, towards like everybody at this point. And um, yeah, I'm just curious, man, to hear what you think about this. I'm I'm wondering, it, it, like, because that was my first thought. It was like, oh, this is probably like to like, you know, be preemptive with their like money. And like, they're mm-hmm. like, all right, well, we're going to hold back some, some bonuses to keep in the cash so we can keep paying people. I hope that's the reason. Um have they given any official word that that's the reason or no? Yeah, so they uh, there's a couple quotes in here that they have on the record. Um, one of them, uh, let's see, says, we expect lifetime unit sales to be a record for the series, um, said Strauss Zelnick, CEO of 2K Parent Company Take-Two. Um, but it costs way too much to make. One larger factor was a technology swap midway through development from the Unreal Engine 3 to Unreal Engine 4, which added a great deal of time to the project. In addition, before Gearbox, 
Gearbox could receive any royalties from publisher 2K, Borderlands 3 would have to recoup not just the game's entire budget, around $95 million, but also the budget for all of the downloadable content for some closer to $140 million, Jeez. thanks to a contract that the companies that the two companies had signed. So um, Yeah, so I, I can see that being the case. Um, it still sucks to be, you know, not be able to get your money that you were you know, promise or expecting. Um, but yeah, I don't know how I would feel in that position and be like, yo, is this for the greater good? Are we going to be able to keep our jobs after all this stuff? You know, like, especially what's going yeah. on now, like, should we be, you know, grateful that we're keeping our jobs or should we like really just go hard for our money? You know? Like, yeah. I think one of the parts that like hurts me the most reading this story was like that they were basically using those previous examples of bonuses that were made for other titles to like, help recruit people so imagine being like somebody who was like you know being offered a job here which is like you know honestly let's be real like a blessing even before this stuff happened but um you know using that as a way to entice people to work for you and then being like oh by the way that thing we promised you is not going to actually happen like man that's got to be devastating that happened to me twice like last year and it's just like I've definitely been dubbed for like promotions and, you know, things I was promised like raises and stuff like that. So it's like, I know what that feels like. Like that shit sucks, yeah. bro. So like, I, yeah. I understand like if whatever these people decide as a group I, or even individuals, I, I think they should have a choice. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It, it just, uh, it's a bummer, man. It's a, it's a bit of a bummer story. I'm hoping that things can sort of work out or I don't know, figure out a way for, those even higher up above to like take pay cuts so that um you know just like take care of your fucking people at this point because like y'all just gonna keep having a rotating or revolving door rather and it's like i don't know hopefully pulling for those folks but um all right our next story nba players are having an official nba 2k tournament featuring stars like kevin durant this is from kotaku uh shout out to luke um yeah, but we kind of like we're just talking about this last week with the NASCAR thing. And now it turns out NBA players are getting in on the action. Yeah. Uh, Yahoo Sports reports that the NBA and ESPN have put together an official esports tournament, which will feature 16 NBA players going head to head in an NBA 2K20 tournament that will run for 10 days. Crucially, it's going to feature only prominent current players like the former MVP Kevin Durant, All-Stars Donovan Mitchell and Trey Young and 2020 slam dunk champ Derek Jones Jr., NBA 2K20 is a game with a lot of problems, uh, but few of those are actually on the court. Seeing real players take each other on in a such fantastic simulation should be a blast. So they haven't really revealed all of like, the dates and times quite just yet, but they did tweet out, I think, a graphic of who would be going against who in terms of, like the, um, I guess, the brackets or whatever. But um, this is interesting, man. I'm like, I was talking today earlier. I was watching, <laughs> oddly enough, I was watching an episode of... Uh, um, living single with uh alonzo morning and i was like i was like damn yo i kind of miss basketball i took that shit for granted i miss basketball so much man fucking we were watching like they've been putting up clips of like bullshit ass players too like yo he was you know he was better than people thought you know like that type of shit yeah damn we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel trying to get some content um man but this is cool i mean like we kind of called it last week you know um yeah I, I mean, I don't really need to see Hassan Whiteside playing, but I mean, cool. I mean, he's yeah, a great yeah. player and all, but I, I don't know. I, I would want them to like pick players who are going to talk trash and shit. You know, like yeah, 
Like that would have been cool to like get the really crazy personalities involved. Like yeah. a lot of the young, you know, young guys who are in this. Yeah. Like, like DeMarcus Cousins is in this. Like that's going to be fun because that guy's scary as hell. <laughs> you know? He's, like, <laughs> he's a little threatening. Yeah. Yeah. Pat Beverly, he's, he's cool. Yeah. So it, sh- it should be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'm so out of the loop. There are a lot of names there that I don't recognize, but mm-hmm. this could be a good chance to like, you know, get to know them at least. But uh, at this point, I'm, I'm done watching those like NBA classic games on like NBA TV. Like I just need something, man. I need something different at this point. But um, yeah, cool idea. I hope more folks continue to do stuff like this. Um, our third story for the week. Um, this one's a bummer, unfortunately. Uh, the Last of Us 2 delayed indefinitely. This is taken from Kotaku as well. Um, but yeah, the much-anticipated post-apocalyptic adventure game The Last of Us 2 will be delayed indefinitely due to the coronavirus pandemic, publisher Sony said today. They tweeted out, um, SIE has made the div- difficult decision to delay the launch of The Last of Us Part 2 and Marvel's Iron Man VR until further notice. Logistically, the global crisis is preventing us from providing the launch experience our players deserve. So, um... Basically, it was originally scheduled for May 29th, but now it seems to be delayed indefinitely until I guess they can sort of sort things out on their end, logistically as well, because I'm sure that's got to be impacting like the actual production of uh, the discs and stuff. And also just like them working from home has like had to have slowed stuff down. And um, I mean, they've already have have a reputation for crunch um, now being like, yeah, now you all work from home you know, wake, waking moment till bedtime. Um, it's gotta be interesting to like understand the logistical stuff on the back end for how that all is working out. Because like, I'm very curious now when we're going to see the last of us too, but I do hope that they're also like taking care of their employees and not just sort of like not taking advantage of the situation, but also keeping in mind that like this stuff is starting to get really hard on folks for, more than just like you know stressful reasons in yeah. terms of like just reading the news but it's also like starting to impact people personally speaking even within our own social circle so um yeah i'm curious to know what your thoughts are about this i'm i mean yeah like i mean i don't trust these dudes like to like take the time to actually like really take time i feel like it's just going to be seven months of crunch again like I don't know, man. <laughs> like, I it's hard for me to like think positively about that. Like, yeah, yeah. They probably were like, "Fuck, man! Now we gotta do more shit. We gotta clean up." Like, you know, I mean, it, it might be better for the game itself, but I don't know, man. Those workers are probably gonna be stressed the hell out, especially with all this shit going on. Like, I mean, it just seems like they have to like save money. Like, yeah, you know, due to sales and stuff. I don't know. I don't know how it all works, especially with like distribution and all that stuff. But I uh, like, yeah, what what are these people going to do? Like, do they have to work? <laughs> Can we right. just be off? Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I hope that they, they figure it out. I also, like I said, like, you know, like we're saying here is like, I just hope that they don't. I don't know. I just hope that like the right responses are being taken for mm-hmm. how this might also impact people, like not only physically, but mentally, man. Cause this stuff is also, I'm not going to front. It's taking its toll on me on occasion. Like when I'm 
hearing stuff from friends or, you know, um, just reading. Like, I, I'm also like a glutton for punishment in that way where I like constantly looking at like news reports on it and like articles and like seeing how, you know, our country is failing to really respond to this thing in a real major way. Not only on like the government side, but just mm-hmm. like on the, just the regular human citizen side of things. I think that's the most so, important part of it. Yeah. Just the yeah. human aspect of it all. Right. Right. So I hope that they like also factor that in because it's like, man, this is uh these, these people are, are human beings, man. They, they have family, they got children probably. And like, you know, even if they don't, it's like, I don't know. I was hoping for the best at this point. And um, yeah, speaking of which, Sony donates $10 million to COVID-19 response fund. Again, take it from Kotaku. But Sony announced earlier this week that it's donating $10 million to the World Health Organization's Solidarity Response Fund aimed at fighting the ongoing COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic as part of the company's new $100 million relief effort. Uh, through this fund, Sony will provide support in three areas, assistance, assistance, for those individuals engaged in frontline medical and first responder efforts to fight the virus, support for children and educators who must now work remotely, and support for members of the creative community in the entertainment industry, which has been greatly impacted by the spread of the virus, the company announced in a press release on its website. So, um, yeah, while the first $10 million will go directly to supporting the global effort currently being coordinated by the WHO, the larger portion will be allocated to efforts to support remote education and supporting artists across film, television, music, and games who have been impacted by postponements, cancellations, or shutdowns related to the ongoing pandemic. Sony didn't share details of how this part of the fund will be structured, but said employees who wish to donate to it will have their additional contributions matched by the company. So, I mean, again, don't stand companies, but also kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, pretty, pretty they, commendable. They got the cash to do it and do it. Like, I'm, oh, sure, yeah. I'm sure they get a tax break out of it, you know? Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. For sure. For so sure. yeah, it's, it's, it's a good thing. Like shell out their, shell out your cash. Word, word. Now's the time to do it at yeah, this point. Thanks. Um, all right, cool. Before we jump into the second half of the show, we're just going to take one quick break, and uh, we'll be right back. All right, jumping into questions for the week. If you have any questions for us, please feel free to send an email directly to us at questions at the-optional.com. You can also drop into our questions channel in uh, our Discord or... If you're brave enough, like a few folks were this week, you can uh, record us a voice message using the Anchor app on your phone just by searching for the optional podcast and leaving us a voice message. So our first question comes in from Bo. Um, We have all fought in a console war before. Looking back, what was the most ignorant hill you died on? I never owned a Sega system, so I always had to say Sonic was lame. (laughs) That's good. Um, Yeah. I think for me, it was very similar. Like, I used to whatever system i got like i was definitely die hard about it um so like dreamcast was like my system and everybody else had like ps2s and i was just adamant about hating ps2 <laughs> like for the longest time i was like oh man it's just why would you get that system it didn't make sense and then the P- like and then the dreamcast was like obsolete <laughs> yeah. so i was like painted into a corner so i had like uh xbox had just come out at that time towards the end of dreamcast's lifespan so i remember i picked up a ps2 and then like the xbox came out the first og xbox came out and mm-hmm. like i then began standing sony like it was crazy like i was the worst little kid ever <laughs> so i was just like flip-flopping all over the place i think that was like 
the most I've ever been like that. Like, you know, I like st- standing a thing, but uh, yeah, like yeah, I remember being on like the bus in like seventh grade arguing with people about like Xbox and PS2. I was like, they were like, yo, last year you were just talking mad shit about this. <laughs> like, yeah, can't prove it. Yeah, yeah. I also, yeah, I've had some pretty embarrassing moments back when I was like a teenager. Like my, you and my and our other friends can attest to it. Like I used to be such a Sony PlayStation <laughs> fanboy um, that I would feel like, I don't know. I was just like, I think because of. Um, the PlayStation and where that sort of like hit during my childhood, I, th- I thought that was like peak gaming in a lot of ways. Like, I mean, with Metal Gear and like, you know, you name it, all the fantastic games that came out on that console. Um, and like Nintendo was always just like a staple. Like I was always going to just going to have like a Nintendo console, I thought. But then from like pretty much the PS2 up to, um, I guess like current gen or what's about to be last gen, um, I was like kind of um, like shaky on Nintendo and like, I don't know, I've for the most part have like in my younger days, I would say I was way more like going to bat for Sony, even like before the PS2 came out. Like I remember my friends had Dreamcasts and like they I would go to their house and play amazing games together and like I'd be like, no, I want to hold off. I want to hold off for the PS2 because like I, you know, reading through like magazines at the time, like all the hype and stuff yeah. surrounding that machine. Um, I was just like, I have to wait for the PS2. So I think <laughs> one of the dumbest decisions besides just being like a fanboy in general um, and like defending a company that just like, honestly didn't pay my bills or anything. Or right. like I had no financial stock in those companies um, and probably never will. Um, yeah. That that's kind of silly to think back on and like feel embarrassed about, but also, you know, it's like, I don't know. We're young dumb kids and like we needed something to like really um champion back in the day so that's probably my embarrassing stuff i would say um yeah it's interesting how that still persists nowadays i feel like i think people just by nature right like even looking at sports and um whatever twitter beef is happening at the moment like people are just tribal by nature so like we have to have a thing to like go to bat for um my thing in life that i'm gamers my thing in life that i'm like super embarrassed about but i will never stop is like i'm a knicks fan like i'll die i'm definitely gonna die on this hill like i know that like literally gonna die on this hill (laughs) you already know you already know like um it's just like why have this loyalty to a team that yeah you know like it doesn't make sense the owners don't give a shit about you yeah i'm not gonna lie one spike was like starting to be like you know what i'm done i was like oh shit nah, look in the mirror there's nothing that can sway me to be honest like spike oakley like there's really nothing that can Oof. sway me yeah i mean same here like, like there's gonna be a tape just of like, like dolan calling his his team like the n-word or something and i'm oh, just yeah. gonna be like well you gotta hear both sides with a fedora <laughs> on and yeah, shit right. <laughs> yeah uh yeah that's probably the, the dumbest tale that we're going to die on is being Knicks fans. So uh, <laughs> congratulations to listening to this show, everybody. You're listening to a couple of fucking idiots right now. Um, so uh, our next question comes from Danny, who asks, what's something that a close friend or partner got you into which you never would have tried otherwise and has now become a big part of your life? It can be a type of food, a hobby, a sport, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. 
I gotta think on that a little bit. Do you have one at the top of your head? Oh yeah, I, I it was my feeling it last week. Uh, Vanderpump Rules, um, <laughs> the greatest television series uh, in the history of mankind. I would also say um, certain anime like. Uh, my partner introduced me to GTO way back when, and like to this day, I think it's still my favorite. Like, I really, really love that show, um, even if it does have like pervy undertones, especially at the beginning. Um, but you know, anyway, uh, the other thing I would say is, um, just like specific foods. Like, my, my partner is Korean American, so like, I before dating them, I never really like, I'll be honest, I never really ate Korean food, and this is now. Uh, a really, really long time ago that I won't say on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been together for a really long time. And um, we actually just had our uh, anniversary. Oh, so. shit. Congrats to you guys. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Keep the love um, strong. Hell yeah. But, like, even just, like, uh, basic Korean food that I've now gotten, like, way better at eating and, like, I have my own preferences and... Um, she's also a wonderful chef. She really throws it down in the kitchen. And so I'm like being introduced to vegetables. I never would have eaten like, (laughs) I don't know, fucking Brussels sprouts and bok choy. And like, even just eating like tofu and stuff regularly was like not a thing that I did while I was like a bummy bachelor starving artist, uh, you know, living in a basement in Brooklyn. Uh, but you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a, a lot of stuff that, they have introduced me to that it's hard to just think about just now, but yeah, it's too much to count. And that's like always a really good sign of a wonderful relationship is when you can like, you have this like endless supply of things that you're not necessarily just continuing to dig out of your own personal history, but like new things too. So it's like, excuse me, like he's always giving me like book recommendations or like, Hey, you should check out this Instagram account. It's like, they got like the kind of like, style that you like so that's you know you can use it for like inspiration or like here's a brand that i just heard about so it's like we're always trying to give each other stuff to like you know as gifts like here you go (laughs) i think like my like whole being is just made up of things i've you know gotten from my friends and exes and stuff like that like you just that's just how you become a person you pick up things that are dope and just keep moving along but um yeah like um my friends from from work like at my old job at Barnes and Noble, like, I mean, I've known those guys for close to a decade now. It's just crazy. Um, but they, uh, shout to Bo, uh, like he put me onto like Japanese TV and like stuff like that, like, um, hot pot and Korean barbecue and stuff like that. Mm. Like we would always go out on these outings and like, or just chill at his crib and just like do those types of things. Um, that I just never really, like, I knew it was on my radar, but never something that I, like, indulged, you know, like, um, yeah. or participated in. Uh, I just never had, the, like, the, you know, the exposure to it that that much. Um, so stuff like that. Um, yeah, like, music, for sure. Like, all of yeah. my friends, like, you guys, especially you, Paul, like, you put me on the mad music, like, just a bunch of shit. Oh, my ex-roommate, like... <laughs> Uh, she's very quirky. Shout out to Ella. Like hey. she would do things very strange, but they like have become things that I do like. So like the way she would eat like a kiwi is she would like cut like a little piece of the top off and then eat it with a spoon and keep the rind on the sides. Genius. Yeah, it's like genius. It's like a little cup. So I was like, so yeah. like, I can't not eat a kiwi that way. Like <laughs> if there's a kiwi and yeah. you slice it, I'm I'm not eating it. Don't give me the yeah. rings, the kiwi rings. I don't want that. Yeah, shout out to Ella. Shout out to Ella. But yeah, stuff like my, that. My also former roommate in uh, 
um, SVA alumni. <laughs> um, yeah, that's actually a really good point. Like you've also put me on to like so much mostly anime weird and, shit. Like, yeah, weird shit. <laughs> like you know, fucking uh, what is it called? The boomerang world Cup <laughs> yeah, clips and, like, boomerang videos on YouTube. Yeah, boomerang videos <laughs> and like shit that I'm like, Cam, how did you fucking find this? Or like a game where I'm like, where did you find this? And you're like, I don't know. I just like shopping the eShop, just like. <laughs> deep into like a like 20 pages in or whatever and i found this game um but yeah i I think that's that's so true man like you said like just listening to your friends making new friends if you can and like just being open to their suggestions because like yeah that's that's the wonderful thing about having like different little social circles that you can like you know kind of tap for different stuff because like yeah like especially nowadays recently you put me onto like uh kenny beats and like zach fox and i follow those guys now and like I've, it's opened like my uh, my Twitter Twitter world like to a different <laughs> realm. Like it's so like now it's a little bit weirder, which is really dope. Like I enjoy that. Um, yeah, so yeah, I've been yeah. finding like a lot of like people who make music that way and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. YouTube YouTube people who make music for me is like that's like my favorite genre of YouTube video. And it's actually funny. I forgot to mention this in the news. I gotta like find the article, but. Um, Steven actually my boss slacked me like a, a couple of videos of uh, I think on Twitter that people captured because he actually started Twitch streaming <laughs> and he didn't know how like Twitch works so people were like sending him tips and like donations and stuff and he was like what the fuck man like you think you guys are testing my patience right now and they're like tipping him and like you know trying to show him love uh, so he apologized he's like yo my bad I don't know how this shit works you gotta like be patient with me um, also I've also been learning that stuff. Like I installed some new applications. I've connected things to like different, you know, plugins and mod tools for Twitch. Cause I'm like really trying to step things up. I was also talking to a good friend of mine, Tom, shout out to Tom from the, uh, from, um, uh, Animal Cross? no, not Tom. No, oh. <laughs> Tom from the, uh, unranked podcast, Tom Caswell. Shout out shout to Tom. He actually worked for Gizmodo. Yeah. Um, he was like showing me, he gave me some advice and stuff for Twitch. Cause I actually want to start streaming now. Cause like now that I'm stuck at home, I might as well start doing this shit three times a week, but I'm also trying to do it like correct. Cause you know how I get, like I get obsessive yeah, you do. with like, you go hard. Oh, um, there's I, like, a, we'll that's, stay up that's not a bad trait to have though. Um, there's a cool, yeah. um, video streaming it was one of my feelings back in the day it's a channel that i watch from time to time but they they basically like teach you how to like start a streaming career and right now i can't find it um but yeah keep going feeling it later yeah i'll just throw it in there um yeah no like i figured like now's the time to do it not just because like i'm honestly like you know if one day turns out i'm you know I've got a following or whatever. That's, that'd be great. But I'm also just like really just enjoy streaming for like five people yeah. <laughs> and just like having them be active in the comments. So I'm trying to think of like new ways to be interactive with folks too. So I might just be doing some like Jackbox games or like now that we're, you know, both home together, we could probably figure stuff to do like, in, you know, like some joint streams or whatever. But, um, and by joint streams, I mean just get, getting zooted and watching like history documentaries. <laughs> um, Thanks. but, uh, but, oh yeah, yeah the, right, cha- next... the channel is called uh, Gaming Careers on YouTube. Um, okay, and it's pretty cool. They give you like a lot of good information on there. But uh, yeah, let's go to our nice. next question. Yeah, yeah. So our next question comes from Snacks McGee. Great name, by the way, Snacks on, on our Snacks. Discord. 
who asks, what are some of your favorite small ways to be creative inside non-user-generated content-based games? Chill, low-stakes games are chill, low-stakes stuff like base building, picking outfits, car customization, etc. Um, Animal Crossing is all about this kind of stuff. I'm fully obsessed with lamp landscaping my town right now so i wondered if y'all have some favorite small creative outlets like that from other games and genres uh yeah i mean i don't know about the genre like what other genres kind of lend to that stuff um Mm -hmm. we talk about this kind of often about like kind of making your own fun in games um yeah finding like the little things to do uh like i don't know say like in like a grand theft auto or something like that you you just like I'm gonna run a parking lot, like <laughs> that's what I'm gonna do. Like, and just have people pull up and show off their cars or some shit. Like, you know, like yeah. little things like that are like what I like love to do in games. Like, just make little stupid um, things within the game. That's like you said, like not, um, not like what the game is actually making you do. But mm-hmm. I, I think Animal Crossing is scratching that itch for me right now. Um, as well as like No Man's Sky, like I can do those shits all day. Like it just calm me down. It's a really good game to get, um, to have some, uh, extracurricular activities too and, uh, chill out. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, first of all, I think right now at the moment, Animal Crossing is definitely that game for me. Um, I'm not doing as much of like the custom design app stuff that I thought I would, but like, um, like they mentioned, I feel like I'm doing way more of like just designing, like doing more like urban landscape stuff. Cause I've like really put progression in the game on hold to just make things the way I really want them to be. And, um, I do spend a lot of time in character creators and I spend a lot of time in this game, especially like putting together the right outfits of things that I would actually wear in real life. So there are outfits out there that I like that I wear in the game that I actually have in real life that I just try to emulate um but yeah that this is a great question because like no man's sky is definitely one of those games for me where i feel like even just taking the day to um i don't know just like explore um and look for certain deposits or making uh, a ton of a specific resource for me is like very calming and like i would rather do that than like actively have an objective to chase i think the older i get the more attracted to games like those i become because i i don't like doom is fun and you know resident evil is cool and stuff like that but like typically games have that same sense of urgency where like the world is on fire you are the one to save it like you have to escape and you have to like kill to get out and the older I get, the more, the less I'm like attracted to that, I think. And I just kind of want to have games I just hang out with or like solve puzzles or like the stakes aren't world ending in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think the finding those games where I could just like spend a day, you know, like yesterday I spent the majority of my day making like a new tree grove by my house and like, you know, um, moving buildings around and like you know, moving flowers back and forth. Like to me, that was like so much fun. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Animal Crossing just does that stuff so perfectly. Absolutely. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Like I'm working on this um, project where like my, the third tier in my island is going to be nothing but plants, like all the different types of flowers you can grow. So like, nice. that's like the main thing I do 
like when I play, like I'm, I make like three, like water, um, container things. And, mm. uh, I just water all my plants and I dig up and I'm like, you know, organizing them in a way that looks really pretty and crossbreeding. I have like a crossbreeding area. It's really dope. It's really dope. I love that. Yeah. Stuff. So good. So good. Um, all right, cool. Let's jump into actually audio questions. We got three this week. Hell yeah. uh, a little bit of mixture of questions and comments. But let's start off with uh, Ashtar real quick. Here, here he goes. You already know who it is. Ashtar, K two beards, Portland life from the crime scene here in Tejas. <laughs> uh, man, been rough three weeks working healthcare field, so I'm still working and whatnot, but uh, I'm pretty much on lockdown. Uh, just a lot of hand washing, online grocery buying, <laughs> like my wife, this thing uh, might be a while, so uh, just like, might still be on lockdown <laughs> for months on end, so she's just getting a grasp of the situation. But man, I've been cooling, you know, playing Animal Crossing, Played some man, I'm a down brother. I had my family watch on Twitch. Uh, that's it. All right, peace. Yo, Yo shout out to Ashton. Yeah, it's good to hear Yo, from thank you. Thank you dude. for, yeah, for real. So good to hear from you. Also, seriously, thanks for all your hard work yeah, and all that word. stuff. Yeah, I know you're um, like fucking working like crazy right now. Yeah, seriously. But uh, yeah, it it's is also, a lot of hand washing right now. Like, if your hands ain't ashy, I don't trust you, like, oof. at all. Like, if your yeah. hands ain't cracked and dry, like, don't don't come near me. You know what I'm saying? Yo, I'm looking at my dry <laughs> knuckles right now, bro. And I, I need to really use that hand lotion I picked up in, like, I forgot where I picked nah, it up recently. Nah, man, no but... moisture these days, bro. Keep you safe nah, out here. Nah, man. Nah, man. You gotta... That's how you can get, like... You crack skin, man. That's how. That's how the shit can. Other shit can happen. But um, yeah. No, I would say that's that's actually uh, first of all, amazing that you had like a private Twitch stream for your family to watch. Like, that's pretty brilliant. Yeah. That's, a, that's a really cool way to uh, keep in touch with folks. Uh, the um, the other thing I would say is, yeah, I think like. I think everyone's sort of still learning to um, just cope with this in their own weird ways. And I think that like, yeah, it's weird, man. Like I also feel guilty at times like purchasing something online or like still having to go out and like, you know, take the extra precautions to like pick up things that we actually do need because we're doing our best to try to like only go when we really, really need something. So that means like maybe once every even like week and a half, two weeks. So it's like, we're really doing our best to like stay inside, but there are also times where like we will step outside just to get some fresh air and like keep our distance from folks and, you know, obviously wash our hands like a ton when we get back. But um, yeah, super great to hear from you, man. And really cool that you're also playing uh, animal crossing. Hop into that animal crossing discord channel. But, uh, all right, cool. Our second call comes from uh B Mac. Let's, uh, let's take a listen. Cam and Paul, what's going on, fellas? This is Bernard from Cleveland, BMAC 8. Just want to see what is a, a silver lining. I know this is a, a terrible time. Things are going real bad, but uh, everything has a silver lining. COVID, for me, uh, allows me to have some extra time with my family. 
it's it's been good that way. Uh, a lot of time, one on one playing games, learning. Uh, we've been hanging up math problems on the door for my son, and he's got to put a sticker up there with the right answer. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, anything good for you, fellas? Thanks a lot. First of all, again, fire ideas. Yep. I need I need a, a sticker set for, with math problems for myself because I'm terrible, bro. I need to yeah, relearn I'm math. Stupid. Bro. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I'm no, so it's 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 great that you said that, like about spending time with your family because I, you know with the rat race that we're usually in, you know that, that shit happens, right? Like you don't get to um, keep in touch with everybody, and you know just the day gets away from you and stuff like that. It's like yo. But like, actually, me and my family yesterday got together on uh, Zoom, and uh, we were all like just chilling for an hour, and it was great. It was great to just catch up. Like, we have a group chat and stuff, but it was good to like hear everybody and just like joke around with my uncle and my aunt and stuff like that, and see my cousins I haven't seen forever, and see their kids. And uh, nice, you know, we talk pretty much every day, but like, it's just good to like be able to like see your family and like talk to your friends more and just be more engaged um so like definitely use that downtime to like you know re reignite those relationships and you know just let people know that you're there and you you didn't go anywhere but you know you're still there and that that's really important and also like homeschooling your kids is the the way to go to be honest like (laughs) they're probably learning more at home than they were at school but um yeah yeah first of all yeah that math problem idea is amazing i'm also gonna see if i can start doing that put it on my fridge or something <laughs> so that way i can just relearn some basic basic ass math but um yeah no i would say uh for me like i mentioned at the top of the show one of the silver linings it's very small but it's also like had a big impact on me personally speaking like in the sort of wiring of my brain especially now when you're like you spend a lot of time seated or at home in like a comfy position you can sort of like lose sight at least i have of like, you know, what toll that's starting to take on your body. So if like I went downstairs to go pick up the mail or throw out the trash and come back upstairs and I get winded, I'm like, oh boy, that's a problem because like, you know, I've taken out basically like my daily activities out of the equation. So I have to like take care of my body because like there's, you know, we only got one body, so we got to really take care of that. So one silver lining for me has been rewiring my brain to actually look forward to uh, Ring Fit. Um, And the way I feel better after accomplishing something like that. And I think like you said, also to build off of um, your own silver lining, I do feel like I've actually been way more um, communicative with folks that like I typically am not. So like I'll even text like friends just to be like, yo, how you doing? And like, I never do that. Like I'm just like really bad at that kind of like texting exchange. So like it also is rewiring me to like, um, reach out to friends and family more often because I know their asses at home where they should be at home. So like um, even just like calling folks and being like, yo, do you want to just like hop on a call and play a game? Cause like I'm not doing anything on a Saturday morning. So like, I hope you're not either. I hope you're not like going out and socializing. So like, let's just play some animal crossing or whatever. And like, and yeah, I think it's also like, I mean, I could spend, you know, all day, every day with my partner. We just kind of have that really close relationship where like, it always just feels like I'm hanging out with a friend. So thankfully I'm very lucky in that regard. So we haven't really driven each other nuts just yet. But I think the other thing too is like the other silver lining I would say in addition to those two is like 
taking the time for yourself right now it is important and i think it's like crucial because i think um you know right now we have a lot of time to kill and we have a lot of time to um let certain thoughts creep back in and, and maybe negatively impact us so i do think that like one of the silver linings i'm learning too is like in addition to that you know rewiring my brain around exercising it's like also important to remember hopefully in the future after once this thing blows over hopefully sooner rather than later that you know we should be taking time regularly to take care of ourselves and not only just physically but you know mentally like maybe you're doing a little bit more reading and finding time to squeeze in you know a lesson in a new language or whatever like which i've also been failing to do but it's good man i think there's a lot of silver lining i think there's always really a plus side if you look hard enough to whatever thing you're going through because like you know my late grandmother always used to say um there's a solution for everything except for death so no matter how hard stuff is getting like i feel like even with this stuff with COVID 19 i do feel like it's making us really reappreciate the small things and like look forward to one day like getting together again and like really not taking that for granted again so i do think that that will be another silver lining once it's all passes is like I'm going to be a little more, you know, um, proactive or, or less lazy when it comes to like, you know, if someone texts me at like 11 or 1130, like, yo, we're in town. Can you come through? You know, I'm still going to be like, oh, God, put my pajamas yeah. on. Already. <laughs> but um, but, you know, I'm going to make the extra effort to go out there and at least say hi for an hour or two just to like just see my friends. Because like, man, I like took that for granted when it was readily available now that it's not i feel like we're all gonna have that constant reminder that like oh no what if this happens again like it's gonna be some really mild form of trauma for a lot of us but i do think that like you know like like bmac says i think there is like a silver lining to this stuff so um it's cool to hear that you're all the stuff that y'all are doing this this is really wonderful so please keep sending these in please yeah Uh, no more updates they don't have to just be on sunday yeah um Okay, cool. And our final audio message comes from uh, Matt. Hey, what's up, Kim and Paul? This is Matt from Boston. Uh, so, as far as how is, as far as how I'm coping with social distancing, I'd say I'm you know I'm surviving. Uh, it could be a lot worse. I'm still employed, but I do customer service at a call center, so my days are pretty lonely because I rarely interact with my coworkers, uh, and I'm single, so. Uh, and I still see a surprising amount of people when I go out for walks and there's still like kids playing basketball in the park and just like, come on guys. Uh, but anyway, my question is what's a pop culture trend that you were alive for, but missed out on for whatever reason, uh, it could be a TV show, video game, book series, etc. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Uh, stay safe. Bye. Ooh, good question. That was a great question. Um, I think for me, like I got, I got a couple, like I'm, I'm late to a lot of shit. Um, I was late to uh, Frank Ocean. Late on that thing, and definitely didn't put the chips on the right one there. I hated that first song uh, when he. Uh, what was his first single? I can't remember what it was, but I hated it when it mm. first came out. But then when his album came out, I got into it, and I was like, "Oh shit, he's my favorite artist ever." Fuck. Um, that and. Uh, like uh sopranos missed that entirely mm. 
Same. Uh, got into it like way after, and I, it's one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, yeah, Skinny Jeans. Got into that late. <laughs> uh, and Fidget Spinners. I was late on that. I didn't get into those. Hmm. I missed that. I missed that altogether. Um, although I was very jealous of the one you got, like the Chinatown. Oh, from arcade? the arcade, yeah. Oh, that was like was three so years jealous, after. <laughs> Son, I was still jealous though. Um, I will say, um, yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm more of a boomer more and more every day. So I do like miss out on things very frequently. Yeah. But when I was younger, I never got into Yu-Gi-Oh! I never got into like card Ooh. games as much as I wanted to. And that's always been a thing of mine that I feel like I don't know. Just like tabletop games in general, I wish I got more into, but I think like maybe now's the time to do them over Zoom or whatever. Yeah, magic. But, that um, would be dope. Yeah. But I feel like at this point, like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I got the time yeah. for it. I feel like maybe I'll maybe just I like... I, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but what's it called? Um, in addition to that, I feel like whatever the new like social media thing that all the Zoomers are into, I'm always like four years behind. So like, you know... I still miss Vine, but like as cool as TikTok is, it's still like not that same level of like instant satisfaction right. that I used to get from Vine. Um, but um, yeah, I think that's about it for the most part. Like I think everything else, I feel like there's there, there's a couple of book series that I missed out on. I definitely like speaking of Sopranos, me and my partner were actually thinking about starting it up during this, you know, whole oh, quarantine so business because... Yeah, the, we're like running out of stuff. That man. second season is just ooh, so good, so good. Yeah, and everyone keeps like recommending me stuff. Like, even in the past two days, someone reminded me to watch Ozark. Um, oh yeah, you someone's watch that. also. I'm, I'm supposed to watch freaking Sherman's Showcase. Oh, I gotta watch. Damn it. Yeah, I gotta. Have you watched? I got that? threatened to watch it. Yeah, I think by the same person. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No shout out this week. Um, too many shout outs. Uh, also, got to watch Kingdom, the new, the new, the season of Kingdom. Got to finish uh, the other Jason Bateman show that I started and put down very quickly. Um, God, there's like just even yeah. though we're trapped inside, there's still too much damn content. Yeah, it's it's a lot, but that's a good problem to have. To be honest, like I'd rather that's there true. be too much shit to watch than nothing at all. So, um, yeah, yeah. Man. Word. Um, all right, cool. Uh, jumping into feeling it. Feeling it is where we take one thing that we absolutely love from the past week that we've stumbled across that we think is worth sharing. You want to kick it off? Uh, yes. Oh, I didn't know you had a YouTube thing on here too. Um, so yeah, YouTube this week, like I've been so busy with work and it's just been kind of like a stressful day. So like usually YouTube is like my, my end of the night routine. I just put it on and I let it cycle through like my subscriptions or whatever and uh i was just on like the home page and i saw this guy like holding up fish in a kayak and i was like oh that looks cool because i watch a lot of like survival <laughs> stuff you know you know me like i'm always on the weird parts of of youtube um but i get caught in these rabbit holes of like people making food or like uh fishing or stuff like that or su- surviving you know just survival tips and stuff like that like i, I love that type of thing like people just making things with their hands. Um, so I came across this guy's channel. It's called Rocket Kit. So it's R-O-K-K-I-T and then space K-I-T. So like Rocket Kit. Um, okay. And he's this Australian dude and he um, 
when he has free time, he drives down to the coast and he either kayaks or boats to one of the nearby islands that are un- uninhabited, like sand islands, and he just camps out for like two days. And he uh, brings like the bare minimum, so like some maybe some bread, some water, and like some seasoning. And then he just catches fish, cooks them there, sets up his tent, and just chills out. And uh, it's just really cool to see people do stuff like this i don't know like because i don't necessarily have that in me anymore like when i was a kid i was really Mm -hmm. into that stuff like doing boy scouts and all that stuff but um like i don't have it like i'm not super confident that i would survive (laughs) in uh if if you know like if i had to like survive on my own um but yeah this guy catches like fish in a kayak like it's amazing like it's really, really cool. He, like, just, like, gets on his kayak and he, like, puts the line in the water and, like, runs over, like, a school of fish and they, like, usually bite and he, like, wrestles them into the boat. It's just fantastic. And, like, Australia has, like, the craziest animals ever. So he's, like, always finding, like, these really beautiful fish and most of the stuff he throws back. But um, a lot of times, he'll, like, he'll find, like, a tuna and he'll eat that, like, and just have food for the Whoa. for the weekend. It's, like it's it's incredible man uh and i i just love um people who are um i don't know like crafty in that way you know yeah 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 that sounds that sounds really really cool like i'm, I'm also like i know you've always been into that sort of like diy like here's how here's what we cook like here's how we cook with like nothing yeah. basically um so this sounds like super super interesting to watch especially like yeah nowadays like we talked about that sort of like really fun sort of almost like relaxing um progression of like someone starting with nothing and then having something or focusing on a very like specific focused task mm-hmm. um that can be really like fun to see from start to finish and like yeah like basic survival skills to me is something that i have like very like very little of (laughs) like you know it would be cool to pick up a pointer one day when you know when the apocalypse actually hits and i'm like well thanks to cam and uh, rocket kid (laughs) i know how to fish for for tuna now so we should be yeah it's one of those things like i i think like my my thinking is that like if i just get all that like i watch all this stuff and i read all these things like by osmosis i'll pick up some of the stuff and be like oh like if when the the shit hits the fan like (laughs) i'll be able to like grab you know grab into like put my hand into this bag of knowledge that like has has escaped me and maybe come up with something on how to like tie a knot or like you know what bait works best or i don't know like something like that yeah yeah no that's that's true man i mean like i've like I still remember basic things from like Boy Scouts. Mm-hmm. So like I'll know like what not to use or like I don't know, um basically like using the position of the sun to you know, reorient myself or whatever. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, like this would be really cool to just even watch and just like put on in the background even just like I don't know, pick up a couple pointers here and there because who knows, man, <laughs> at this rate the way things are going, <laughs> I just need to refer to those skills. Thanks. Um, all right. Yeah, I got two this week. I got a dubla. Um, so last night, my partner and I, um, on the, uh, recommendation of actually a couple people, um, finally got around to watching Onward on Disney Plus. So Onward was supposed to be a movie that was, you know, in theaters, but because of everything that's been happening, 
Disney decided to put it on Disney Plus, like for, you know, as a part of their subscriptions, like no additional purchase or rent or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and Onward is in the latest movie by Pixar. It's uh, it, it stars the voices of, uh, what's Spider-Man? Um, what's his name? Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, Marvel's Spider-Man. Uh, <laughs> Kit Harington. Name? God, you're just naming all the wrong white... <laughs> British dudes. Uh, what's his name? Um, what is his name? Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Damn it. I was going to say then, Tom Hardy. Uh, <laughs> Another British. And dude. it's actually got a pretty good voice cast. It's got Tom Holland, got uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, a uh, name who's, uh, who I always say perfectly every time. Um, it's got Chris Pratt as the elder brother, and it's got like a, like a, a nice cast to it. And um, it's basically like a story about, it's a really heartwarming story about a, a family who um, their father passes away. Um, and at, at some point they have to like sort of, um, they they basically stumble upon this. So it's, it's set inside of a larger like fantastical world where like, you know, it, um, there used to be like, wizards and dragons and knights and all this other stuff and then like they discovered basically like electricity and like civilization so like this is thousands of years i guess in the future since then so like they basically like domesticated dragons they're like these cute little like dogs basically unicorns have like turned into like um basically like possums or like raccoons (laughs) um and like you know, everybody just has like a day job. Everyone sort of settles into like their perspective, um, neighborhoods or whatever. Like it's just like normal life, but there happen to be like very fantastical elements to them, which is a really interesting concept. I haven't really seen much of, if I'm not mistaken. But um, the the story kicks off where they find a gift, like after the younger brother turns sixteen. When they're old enough, um, the father leaves behind like a spell that they then have to like try to um, or like an adventure basically that they have to basically go on in order to get to see him one last time. And um, it really does play out like an actual adventure, like a fantastical adventure, like even like a, like a D and D campaign where there are like trials and tests and like, you know um, just like straight up pure adventure. And it is so wonderful. It's like extremely well-written. The animation is like, beautiful on an on like a level where pixar is really starting to flex every bit of experience that they've picked up along the way so there's like toy story stuff in here there's obviously like cars stuff in here there's monsters uh ink stuff in here there is like nemo stuff there is i'm trying to remember all the stuff they did like incredibles um basically like every sort of movie that they've worked on in the past this movie gives them a reason to like flex those muscles so there's like you know there's a scene where one of the characters gets really small and it's like oh toy story there's like a car chase scene oh it's cars there's like a scene where like i don't know that just happens over and over and over again and sometimes they like blend together and they become like really 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 cool sequences that are so much fun to watch um so it's like it is so much fun just like on a purely visual audio level and um yeah like i was not expecting to be blown away by it and i completely was and you know if you have 4k hdr tv it also looks unbelievable on there um but 
yeah, it's called Onward. It's on Disney Plus. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Um, it's really cool, man. Like if you still haven't canceled your Disney Plus, like I have, and you were like, "Oh, cool, I'll watch Onward." Oh, yeah. um, check that out. I also uh, I've been watching the uh, Star Wars it. thing in there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta finish that too. But um, yeah, and then my second one for the week is uh, this YouTube channel that I stumbled across. I don't know how, honestly, but. It's called Voices of the Past, and it's. I feel like the older I get, the more I'm slowly becoming my father, who will like sit down on a Sunday afternoon and just watch like a History Channel documentary on like like literally yesterday I booted up a documentary on Netflix about Cuba about like like since it's like the, the early days of like the ancient civilizations like through you know colonial stuff and then like the Cuban Missile Crisis and all that. And I'm like sitting there just watching it like riveting, bro. Like just like, just glued to my television. But this one is called Voices of the Past. It's on YouTube, so it's free. Um, and it is a pretty wild concept. So the, the creator of all the videos, he basically takes firsthand accounts of like historical moments and he reads them. He sort of like voice acts them. And then he puts like B-roll of like illustrations of the time or like footage of like those islands or like historical footage if there, wherever there is some historical footage. And he's just like narrating, reading these letters to on mic and um, just like really fascinating topics like the first time that um, Europeans made contact with like the Japanese. So there's like the story of like, you know, these sailors, I forget from where exactly, but, you know, somewhere this in Europe. This is crazy. This um, looks cool as hell. It is so good. And, like, they have, like, this um, this other trader from China because they had basically, like, um, trader as in, like, trading goods and stuff. Now, like, I don't know what he did. I don't know who he crossed or whatever. But um, he was on the boat with them when they landed, and there was, like, a one of the Japanese natives. Like, he was a scholar, so he knew some very basic Chinese so like the two of them meet on the beach and they're like writing out in sand to each other like to communicate and they're like the the letters describing like he asked me or I asked him rather like um, who are these people like why do they look like this like in what is this like stuff that they have and like you know and then like the the Chinese you know scholar or trader dude was like yeah, they're like these like weird people from this other part of the world. They they eat with their hands and they have like no manners and they're like <laughs> they're like you know, they're very like uncivilized in so many ways and like it's so fascinating. I was like watching one about like um uh I forgot what the other one I watched was, but but they're basically like stuff like that. Oh, there was one about like, you know, because I'm just like a sadist, I wanted to watch it. There was one of like Columbus describing the new world, quote unquote, and like, you know, it's like some foul shit too. So he's like, he doesn't really pull punches, but he's like, because it's all in like firsthand accounts. So it's like all in there, but like they're describing like, yeah, these people, like they're so silly. Like they will trade us, you know, these very valuable things for very like useless trinkets. And that's what they used to do. And they'd be like, you know, these people like would be very easy to like manipulate and like take over and like, it's so fascinating to watch um, that like it's kind of really sparked an interest in me in like watching like <laughs> historical documentaries that I've like there's like an ad that runs during like this uh, these videos for like a service called Magellan. It's like a streaming mm-hmm. service that has all these kind of like documentaries and like things from BBC and stuff like that. The, the channel, channel. Um, <laughs> and 
it's been it's been fascinating, man. I've been watching a bunch of stuff that I like never thought I would be learning about, and like, um, it's really cool to just have that context or like that, um, you know, just a little bit of extra knowledge on like how things actually unfolded because it's like these are firsthand accounts, so it's like really, um, really kind of fun to watch, and like he really hams it up and adds music and stuff, so it, like it kind of becomes almost like those Destiny lore videos, except it's just like real life. It's like oh wow, it's like. This is how shit actually went down when, uh, you know, the first Japanese people to come in contact with Europeans are like, who the fuck are these people? <laughs> yeah, um, these look really interesting. I'm going to definitely subscribe. This looks cool. Yeah, man. Definitely worth a watch. Um, show some love to that dude. Um, all right, cool. Before we wrap up the show, how can the people find you online? You can catch me on uh, Twitter and um, Instagram at Cappy Can't Lose. Uh, C-A-P-I-C-A-N-T-L-O-S-E. Uh, what about you? Um, you can find me at Polymayo, P O L I M as in Mario, A Y O, uh, Twitch, Instagram, and now uh, Twitter. So shoot me a follow. Um, and thank you so much for listening this week. If you have any questions or comments, send them over to questions at the optional.com. We would love to hear from you. Please be sure to subscribe or on iTunes, Google play, Stitcher, anchor, and Spotify. If you could take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes though, that would be amazing. It really helps us spread the word. We also have been getting more reviews and that's like someone also asked in the discord recently, like how they could help us out. And that is one really, really effective way to help us out. Um, just helps us get into like the itunes algorithm and hopefully get some new folks into our auditorium um if you like the show and you want to show some more love i know it's tough to ask for right now but we do have a little supporter button on our anchor profile if you go to anchor.fm slash the optional podcast you can give us as low as a dollar a month which really just you know basically just becomes like our tip jar so if you like the show enough please we really appreciate it um, our homepage is the optional podcast.com. That's where you can find the show and share it with your friends. As always, we're on Twitter at the optional NYC. Our show's music is by the one and only Levi Pack. You can find him on Twitter at underscore L E V I P A C K. So until next time, everyone, peace. peace.